up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. Listen to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked on Blazers your first listen every single day. It's free on all platforms, five days a week, coming at you every single weekday. So make it a part of your daily routine and make it your first listen every single day. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the Blazers' loss to the Denver Nuggets very briefly. And then I want to spend some time discussing how many players in the Blazers' roster are keepers. This team's going through a rebuild. Uh, They're like a retool, rather, I should say. They're going to try to be good again in the fall with Damian Lillard on the roster, but they're really, really young right now. So as you look at this roster and you look ahead, how many players on the roster are keepers? That's what I want to discuss in today's show. But before we do that, let's let's do the real deal Holyfield fastest recap in the West. Blazers lose 124-92 to the Denver Nuggets in a game where Justice Winslow did not play. So the Blazers started Anthony Simons, Josh Hart, CJ Ellaby, Keon Jones, Johnson and Drew Eubanks, and it didn't go great. Blazers were trailing 32-27 after one, down 17 at the break, 16 heading into the fourth, and then the Denver Nuggets tricked off on them the first couple minutes of the fourth quarter, and the game was over. They lose 124-92. That's your fastest recap in the West, truly this time. Um, Anthony Simons was... Led the Blazers with 16 points, but he shot 5 of 18 from floor and 1 of 9 from 3. Drew Eubanks had 13 and 10, a double-double. Brandon Williams, 12 and 7 off the bench, but some of those points came in garbage time. He didn't really have um, many of those in the run of play. Josh Hart really struggled in this one, too. 11 points, 6 boards, 4 assists, but he had 5 of 12 and over 5 from 3, including 2 misses on 1 possession, where he had wide-open 3-point attempts. There's not, like you know, mission accomplished, right? Like the Blazers are not trying to be a good team. They're trying to lose and they lost. So they're headed. That's where they want to be. Like this is, we'll call it developmental minutes, call it whatever you want is, but like they're, they are not attempting to be good. They are playing Keon Johnson and Drew Eubanks. Like they, they didn't sign a, a veteran center. They signed a young veteran. They're signing They're They're going young. They're trying to see what sticks and they're not good. Like they're just, they're, they're, this is one of the worst rosters in the NBA right now, and it's one of the worst, worst rosters in the NBA on purpose, quite frankly, intentionally. But um, so much of what you want to see in these games is them just like p- be competitive, not get totally, totally slapped around. And the last two games, they got blown out. Um, it's not as, in, quite frankly, just not as enjoyable. Um, like the, if they want to be bad. <laughs> They are bad. Like they, they're there, right? But it's more entertaining for all of us involved if they're a little more competitive. If they lose a close game, that is sort of the best case scenario. This team isn't really good enough to sort of be there. And I think, quite frankly, Chauncey Billups was pretty upfront with the media after the game, saying like, "We are not. If you look who we play, we're not close to a playoff team." Um, it's kind of harsh, maybe, if you're listening and you're on the roster, but it's true. And you know what what this team is is like they're trying to figure out who's who who might stick. So they're going to give CJ Ellaby and Keon Johnson a whole bunch of minutes and see what might work. They're going to play Greg Brown and Trenton Watford and see where they can develop. You know, they're going to get Brandon Williams, a backup point guard who they've signed to a two-way deal. They're going to get Brandon Williams a whole bunch of minutes and see see if it works there. Um, eventually, I think they'll end up playing Elijah Hughes over Ben McLemore, but McLemore is still playing. He played 19 minutes tonight. Um, so like, like this the result of the game isn't 
super meaningful, right? Like the Nuggets were just the Nuggets were just way better. Nikola Jokic shot five times, three of five, finished with eight points, but 18 rebounds and 11 assists. He dominated the game. Aaron Gordon 14, Jeff Green 14, uh, 20 off the bench for Jermichael Green. He was really good, and Demarcus Cousins 19. But a lot of those came in the fourth quarter when he was dominating backups and getting a bunch of free throw uh, attempts. But I think my real like, if there's like an actual basketball takeaway from this game is that. Anthony Simons needs better teammates to flourish like so many other players. It's a talent-based league, and when you remove it, like his real talent off the roster, it's just so hard for him to get loose. Like He didn't shoot the ball well tonight, Like, and some of that is just like, sometimes those are going to go in. You know, he finished uh, one of nine from three, Josh Hart over five from three. Uh, like, if the, those two are, those are your two best offensive players. They combined one of 14 from three, but like, Ant, it's just he, he's missing the he's missing the pick and roll partner with Yusuf Nurkic, uh, really, you know, who developed into a really nice pick and roll center, and just someone you can throw the ball into the post to to give him a different look. Justice Winslow didn't play, so you don't have that other like sort of tertiary ball handler or a guy you can throw the ball into to post up. Josh Hart is a really like he's an elite f- fourth best player, but if you you scale it up and say, okay, now you have to be our second option. That's that's tough for him. He mentioned that, like some of that, the role stuff is hard for him after the game. Josh Hart also mentioned that he he thinks some of his role is like having better body language, which is something I thought was interesting. Um, he just said that like he's been, he's really an emotional player, but when you're playing with such a young group, he needs to sort of keep those emotions high, keep that positivity high because he wears his... Uh, pardon the pun, or he he said it, but wears his heart on his sleeve, so he just needs to be keep, keep those emotions high. Anthony Simons talked after the game about being suddenly a vet on this team, like having to go into the huddle and be, you know, I think he's younger than Drew Eubanks, but he's, he's more seasoned, but, you know, C.J. Elby and Keon Johnson are looking to him. Trina Watford, Greg Brown are like, you know, are looking to him and saying like, Brandon Williams, same thing, or like, okay, Ant, you you lead the way. That is that is such a quick, such a, a drastic turnaround from where Ant has been. Uh, one more thing from the post game. Uh, Anthony Simons <laughs> asked how old Keon Johnson was because he's like, he's young. He's still developing. How old is he? And Josh Hart asked how old Drew Eubanks was when he was clarifying that he's one of the oldest guys in the roster outside of uh, Ben Mackmore. I'm not sure I've ever been in a um, been in a post game scrum or post game you know, media session where multiple players have asked about di- the ages of different of their teammates to prove their youth. Um, this is just a, a new world for me. Uh, certainly in the in the seven years, seven seasons I've covered the Blazers, uh, this this is a new spot to be in for sure. Even when they had some of the youngest uh, youngest rosters in the league, they were mostly competitive uh, or not suddenly bad like they are this season. So I, there's not much else to take away from this game. It was a loss. Ant is Ant will be better with better teammates. I'm not I'm not worried about his production yet. Josh Hart will be better with better teammates. I'm not particularly worried about his production. And the rest of these guys are big question marks whether they are future NBA players. And prior to the game, Chauncey Billups said, "This is an opportunity for guys to prove they belong in the league." And that is exactly what I want to talk about in today's show is this is a this is a prove-it opportunity for so many guys on the roster. So when we look at the Blazers roster as it currently stands and projecting into the next year, how many keepers do they have? Let's talk about that to close the show. How many keepers do they have in the roster? But first, let's talk about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market, the best tasting protein bar that there is. The average Built Bar, 17 grams of protein, 4 grams of sugar. There are 130 calories and just four net carbs. Macros that really pack a punch. And on top of that, great 
freaking tastes. My personal favorites are cookies and cream and uh, peanut butter brownie. I love those two. But if those are maybe don't suit your fancy, you can find others like coconut almond or mint brownie or raspberry or salted caramel or double chocolate, plus limited time flavors all the time. So go to built.com, see what they got, try some out, and then fi- and then order more from there. You'll like them. They'll pack a punch, and then you can get them on the cheap when you use that promo code LOCKED15. get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, let's keep it rolling. Uh, Blazers lose a game to the Nuggets. Their developmental team playing guys serious developmental minutes. The point is not to win. In fact, the point is to lose, but the point is to find out who belongs in the league. So what I want to do to close the show, and we'll talk about this in a couple different parts, is who belongs in the league. The Blazers have... Not too many guys entering free agency, but they have, you know, they have eight players who are going to be on the roster next year. That's Dame, Nazir Little, Keon Johnson, D. Luzada, Justice Winslow, Trenton Watford, and Greg Brown III. I'll throw Ant in there as your eighth guy, but Ant is a free agent, Nurk is a free agent. Both of those dudes are going to come back. Uh, the Blazers are going to re-sign Nurk. They will pay whatever it takes to re-sign Ant. Um, note to the Detroit Pistons, offer Ant five for 125. I bet the Blazers will match. The Blazers are going to bring back Josh Hart. Uh, that's just a guess. I don't know anything, but the, they will. They didn't, unless he gets traded, the Blazers will bring back Josh Hart. And he's a, he's like, he, I think he could even project as a opening day starter next year as the, as the roster currently stands. The only other player that's potentially on the roster is Eric Bledsoe, who is out with uh, an Achilles injury that he's been dealing with. He's been working out more, re- like the last couple games he's gotten um, pregame shots up, whether that, whatever that might mean, it, maybe he just needs a workout, but, um, or maybe he's closer to a weird late, late season showcase, a little bit of a return, but um he, I do not anticipate he'll be on the roster next season, but he, he's on the roster now. So that's your group. Uh, you know, you I, I think when you look at that group, and I think it's easier to do it like this, who is absolutely on the roster? Like Who are absolute keepers? And then we can narrow it down from there. I think the first absolute keeper is going to be Damian Lamont, Ollie Lillard Sr. <laughs> I know that there's some, and we'll talk about this later this week. I know there's like a little bit of Dame zeitgeist in the air about his future with the team, but... He's really good. He was, you don't have to go that far back to remember him being really good. It wasn't that long ago. And he's under contract for two more seasons. He's a keeper. He's a keeper. Uh, then every time is a keeper. Like I said, they're going to pay whatever it takes to keep him. You know, you got to think it's north of $20 million, 20 and up, I would say. It used to be like the baseline was like 15 for Ant. Ant has made himself a ton of money since January 1st. I think he's in the... 20, 22, 20, even 25, maybe, uh, depending on how aggressive the handful of teams with cap space get. And like specifically the Spurs and the Pistons. Those are the teams with cap space that I would imagine would make a move. And like really the Pistons, we will see. Otherwise, the Blazers and Ant will just negotiate in good faith, you know, five for 90 and he'll be back making a bunch of money. Yusuf Nurkic is a keeper. He's not on the roster, but Blazers don't have, they basically don't have a path to cap space to sign Nurk unless they cut Nurk, but they can go over the salary cap to keep him because they have his bird rights 
there's there isn't much there aren't better centers on the market. There's one other center that's of equal quality to Nurk, and that's Jonas Valanciunas. And you could argue that Nurk's better. I, yeah, I think you could argue either one's better. You could probably make a compelling argument, like depending on what you wanted, like shooting versus just sort of like the brute force of Nurk and blah, blah, blah. Um, and Nurk's probably a, a significantly better passer, but JV's probably a significantly better shooter. It's like, what 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 do you want? But like, those are the two best two centers in the market. Nurk's one of them. The Blazers are going to bring Nurk back. He's an absolute keeper. I have Josh Hart in the absolute keeper keeper uh, category. I just think he's good. Like I said, I think it's hard to scale up Josh Hart from, uh, from what he is as like a fourth best player. Like he's a really high level role player. That's what Josh Hart does really well. Like he can be that complimentary part that, you know, that secondary ball handler. If he's your fourth best offensive player and your third best defender, you're going to be a really good team. Like he, he will help stars more than he brings up the floor of a bad roster. Like he's not going to help these guys because his skills are complimentary parts. Like he's not, he's not this elite scorer, elite ball handler, elite passer. He's just a, he's a great, you know, whatever he's a, he's great at filling in the cracks. Like he's just, he's a great, um, He's a great role player, but he doesn't scale up beyond a role player. But to me, he's still a keeper. Uh, he has a fully non-guaranteed contract that has a late guarantee date. It's like the end of June. So the Blazers don't have to make a decision on Josh Hart till the end of June. But nothing about the way that they've done business suggests that they would let him go. Letting him go doesn't really get them a path to anything that's more valuable. Like they, they won't get magical cap space by letting, um, by letting Josh Hart go and keeping Ant and Nurk. Like you've got to get rid of everybody to get have cap space. I don't think they're going to do that. So Josh Hart, just like the direction, reading the tea leaves, Josh Hart is absolutely part of the plan. Then I think the best way to do this is go to the other side. Who are the let them walks? And then we'll find out who's in kind of in the middle and we'll talk about what that middle means because I think what that middle means will inform so much of where the Blazers go from here. So I think you're absolutes. Like you're just like, if you were, the way I think about this, the way I was doing this when I was doing this exercise and I wrote this down in my notebook is like, if you were building a good team, who are the guys in the roster who would absolutely be involved if you were building a good team, which is the Blazers goal for next season, right? They want to be good again. Um, immediately they they want to be a competitive playoff level team in the fall so if you're looking at this roster the, the absolutes dame ant nurk hart josh hart and the one i didn't mention is your little he's injured right now dealing with a shoulder injury not with the team but he'll be back i project him as a long-term nba starter i think nazir little is going to be good um i joked with um I'm not actually going to share that story. I talked with someone who worked with the Blazers today, and I joked that uh, before Nazir Little becomes a all-star, he's got to become an NBA starter first, one step at a time. So um, I project Nazir Little to be a starter-level player as soon as next fall. He was arguably a starting-level player when he got hurt. He was really good. He was looking really good. On a good team, he's at worst of the you know one of the first couple guys off the bench so those are your absolutes dame ant nas nurk and josh hart so then who are your let them walks like who do you look at and say eh, okay they can go i think it, for me ben mclemore pretty good like pretty good end of the bench shooter uh if the blazers need a minimum fill in i wouldn't be opposed to bringing uh mclemore back but when you're like kind of looking at the roster and you say okay dame ant josh hart's gonna play some minutes there you got some other young guys who are gonna play you know could potentially play minutes there uh 
Macklemore's will let him walk initially. If you need to bring him back, bring him back. Um, I think he's going to cost the exact same, the veterans minimum. Um, he can help. I think he showed that he can shoot it. He can really shoot. Like he's a good offensive player. He doesn't do much else, but that, you know, as a, as a fifth guard who can really shoot Mac helps. But if you're saying who stays, who's a keeper on a good team, Macklemore's gone. Um, no, not a real indictment of his skill set. Just the, the, the hard truth of building an NBA team. I think Elijah Hughes has gone too. Uh, he's the, the rookie they got from, uh, in the Utah jazz trade. I kind of like Elijah Hughes. Um, he's, he's bigger and has a little more, um, jump shot wiggle room than like wiggle. Like he can get, you know, two dribbles into a jumper and he's got, he's, he's his size to get a shot over when they put over folks, when they put guards on him. But, um, he's, you know, he's a project and the Blazers have other projects on the roster. We'll talk about them in the third segment. Like to me, I think Elijah Hughes could help. Like I was talking with uh, Casey Holdall of trailblazers.com. And I said like, it's weird that I think Elijah Hughes is maybe good. Like, I think that's like the most surprising part of this trade. He's had some defensive plays. I think I, I like his offensive game. Can't really dribble. Doesn't really pass much. But um, I, I think if you had him as like a stationary shooter, he could help. But the question does he, is he a keeper on a good team? I think no, this is like two guys, two guys. I like Ben McLemore and Elijah Hughes. Peace. Um, I don't think you bring back either the two way or either of the two way guys, Calvin Blevins and Brandon Williams. I think they're gone. They're goners. Um, Brandon Williams has a little juice. I'm excited to see him the rest of the year. I'm, let him keep playing and like prove me wrong. But on at the end of February, I'm not um, necessarily bought in on his long term potential. But he could sell it. Uh, I was just rather if you're gonna pick, I'd rather have a veteran backup point guard um, like a the Dennis Smith Jr. or um, Eric Bledsoe types, obviously way more expensive. So that's like a different thing. Not Dennis Smith Jr. isn't necessarily, but like I'd rather have a um, someone with a little more proven NBA um, track record be just because like, if you're going to break the glass and say, Hey, we need minutes from a backup. It's like a Ish Smith, right? Like, okay, go get it. Like find Ish Smith, go get him. Um, I believe it's a team option. He'll be a free agent in the summer because like you just, you want uh, low mistakes. So, but, for me, uh, fine on fine on both, you know, Calvin Blevins not an NBA player, but like Brandon Williams, fine on a two-way. If he wants to come back in a two-way, great. I believe he signed a two-year uh, contract as a two-way, but they're imminently, you can cut him at any point. Not a keeper in my book. The last one is kind of controversial, which is why I save it for him. For me, CJ Ellaby's not a keeper. He's taken real strides. Like he's better than he was at the beginning of the year by a significant amount, a significant amount. But if I'm building a good team, like if I'm trying to build a good team, I would, and knowing there's some other guys who are going to take up roster spots who are like developmental minutes. Um, he's not my guy. Like CJ is not my guy. I think there's people who like him more than me. Like I'm just talking, talking to, to people, fans and my friends who follow the team. Um, it's, I think there's people who are higher on LB than me, but for me, um, he's entering free agency. I'm, I let it, I say, thanks for your services and, and let him go. Those are, those are, you let him walk. So Mac Lamore, Elijah Hughes, uh, Brandon Williams, Kelgen Blevins, CJ Ellaby. Oh, and, and Drew Eubanks, like he's on a 10 day deal. They're going to let him walk anyways. I mean, they might end up finagling some way to sign him for the end of the year because they're going to need size, but Eubanks is, he's not part of the plan. Like he's, He's a backup. He profiles at best as a backup center, and I'm not sure he's even that in the league. He's like a third center. He's end of the bench guy. Um, not not. So those are let him walk. Macklemore, Ellaby, Hughes, Eubanks, Brandon Williams, Kelton Blevins. I'm letting all those folks walk. So then we have two more categories. Is what I want to do to close the show, is the probables and the developmental maybes. 
two guys, two groups with question marks. That's what we'll do to close the show. Let's talk about those two groups as we talk about how many keepers are there on the Blazers roster. But before we get there, let's talk about bet online. The fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. You want to bet on Blazer games? Well, you can get live odds prior to the game. You can live bet during the game. You can get player props, in-game props, quarter-by-quarter props, all of that action to kind of spice up what is maybe a challenging final 21 games of the season. All of that is available at betonline.net, plus all the other sports you're looking for. You can also play your favorite Vegas casino games. They got news updates. They got podcasts right there on the website. They got everything you might be looking for. So head on over to betonline.net. That's betonline where the game starts. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. Okay. We got our absolutes, folks, who are definitely going to be on the roster. Dame, Ant, Nas, Nurk, and Josh Hart. We got to let them walk, folks, who I'm just going to say bye. Appreciate your time. Um, I think you could help another NBA team, but you're not going to help this one next year. That's Ben McLemore, CJ LB, Elijah Hughes, Drew Eubanks, and both Guys on two-way contracts, Brandon Williams and Kelgen Blevins. That leaves us with five remaining players. All five are on under contract for next season. So they're in strange categories because they are they are going to be here unless they are traded or waived and 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 traded, right? Like Blazers aren't just gonna get, I don't think they're just gonna get out from under that money. Um the 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 developmental minutes guys that like are are you keep because you find out what they are, are Keon Johnson, Greg Brown III, and Didi Luzada. We haven't seen Didi Luzada. He's more of a question mark for me. Like he's in his own category. He's in the Didi category of like, I don't know what kind of player he is. Um, obviously young, you know, signed to one of those sort of partially guaranteed long-term, I mean, multi-year deals to kind of, that you sign young guys to, to low risk for the team so you can get uh, get a look at him. So, the Blazers have him under contract for next season. Uh, he's, he'll come off this meniscus injury that he has, and they'll get a chance to see what he does a little bit and then and decide from there. But he's he's on the roster. To me, he's it's developmental minutes. It's, it is what it is. Like, he, back half of the roster, it's okay. You'll figure it out if that's, if that's the end of your bench. You need cheap players to fill out the end of the bench. If you have an expensive roster, the Blazers are probably going to have that expensive roster. DD's fine. And if he pops, he pops, and you have a, you did well. The other two are are more intriguing, quite frankly. Uh, Keon Johnson played, you know, started and played tonight, and his offensive game is really tough. Like he, just you know, just watching him. I watched him really close. That was the player I was keyed in on tonight um, in the, in the arena. I watched every one of his, basically every one of his first half defensive possessions. I watched with an eagle eye, following mostly Keon while the Blazers were playing because uh, the rest of it wasn't super important. And like. Early on in that game, he had a defensive play where he blew up a dribble handoff. He knew the dribble handoff was coming. He fought over the top, so it was hard to get hard to have the handoff action happen while he was guarding Monte Morris. Then he fought back as they they you know handoff one way, handoff the other way. He fought back to stay in front and kind of just screw up the whole action and make it make the just make it a little dump off in the corner for Morris, and then it ended up uh, just like a jump shot that was off the mark. But he it was great. It was a great play. And then, and then twice, I was watching really closely in the third quarter. 
uh, Keon Johnson's so locked in on his assignment. He is incredibly locked in on his assignment, and he was not in help position because of it. He is locked in on Austin Rivers. He is up in his grill, and when Rivers catches it in the corner, Keon Johnson is in his airspace. Great defense. The ball swings to the corner. Keon needs to slide in and be a help side defender as the ball goes opposite, and he does not move because he is locked in on Austin Rivers. It's like he's he's figuring it out. I think he has... The athleticism, he had a couple plays on offense where he missed, but he drove to the rim with like quicks and athleticism that you're like, okay, let's let's take a look. But he's a long way away. But that's why he's a keeper for these sort of developmental minutes. Like he's 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 the back half of your roster. He's 19 years old. He's got a long way to go. Um, there is no reason to give up on him after two, two total games uh, with the Blazers. Like, He's worth, he is worth an extended look because of the physical tools. Um, right now, he's not there. Hopefully, 21 games of playing a whole bunch of minutes will get him there. But for now, he's, you know, for now, he's a 19-year-old who's not ready. Uh, it's as simple as that. Greg Brown is somewhat similar. Um, I think... Greg Brown has gotten better with more minutes, which is why I'm hopeful that Keon Johnson get better with more minutes. There are still moments where Greg Brown makes pl- dumb plays, you know, just like low IQ plays, makes a bad foul, uh, you know, fouls for fouls, um, you know, fighting for a rebound when the ball was going opposite the rim and he didn't need to, you know, didn't need to get all locked up. Takes a pull up jump shot off of two dribbles when if he had just caught and shot the first one, it would have been a cleaner look, you know, drives himself to nowhere, all those things. But then there are moments when Greg Round pops and you're like, yes, <laughs> more of that. Like, I don't know what, there's just not too many dudes who can do what he does. Like he has, um, he has some special gifts and he's almost six, nine. Like he's, uh, if he fills out his frame and continues to fill out just his better, his feel, I don't even think his jump shooting is a problem yet. Just a little bit better feel and a little bit stronger. Greg Brown could be a high minutes problem because he just, he plays hard and he's a freak athlete. Like he could, um, I don't think he could be, uh, like a really, really high level contributor, um, but he could be a, he could play a, I think I said high minutes before I meant low minutes. Like you could say, Greg, we need six minutes from you because we're in foul trouble. Go play your ass off. And I think he could go in there and give you six positive minutes. Like next season, I think he, that's a reasonable goal for him. Uh, you keep him for developmental minutes. So Ke- Keon and, and GB are in that same boat for me. Didi's more of a question mark, but those are your, those are your developmental minutes. You keep those guys into your bench. Those are keepers. Cause you want to, you want to get these right, right? Like you want, you want Keon Johnson to turn into be a really good player. Great news, right? Um, you 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 made this trade to have the opportunity to get to get talent. You don't give up on either of those. Uh, and Didi, he's just under contract, so you're going to keep him because we haven't seen him yet. So then the last two I want to talk about are the probables. Uh, they're Justice Winslow and Trandon Watford, and why they're probables is because I think they're both pretty good. But but I think if you're building like a good team, a good team a team that makes the playoffs are you are are we a hundred percent certain that Trendon Watford and Justice Winslow play minutes on a playoff level team and I think probably right like I'm a big Trendon Watford believer if you've listened to this podcast before like I'm a I'm a pretty big Trendon Watford believer and as a young just when Justice Winslow's first couple seasons in the league I was a pretty big Justice Winslow believer I think his offense has fallen off a little bit to the point where it's hard um, and I think his lack of shooting makes the rest of the roster like the calculations with the rest of the roster harder can Justice 
Francis Quinzo and Nas play next to each other. Really good defense, really good athleticism, but there are two kind of questionable shooters. Do they gum everything up? And if you put them next to Nurk, is the offense too, you know, just too easy to guard? Uh, I, I think that's the question. I kind of think, we'll start with Justice. Like, I kind of think he's good because of the ball handling and the passing and the strength and the motor. Like, I kind of think he can play on good teams. I just, if... He's he's a probably because probably that's how I honestly feel. Probably he could play every night for a good team, but not definitely. He's not an absolute. He's a step below the absolutes because if you're building a team that's going to like have a chance to win a playoff series, can does does Justice Winslow profile as the type of player that would not get schemed out of a playoff series because of the lack of offense and because of who he's going to have to play next to? Like he's not going to have the ball in his hands playing with Ant and Dame. So if you take the ball out of his hands, he becomes a spacer. If he's a spacer, you know, that, that, and who's a spacer who doesn't space like that creates the problem. He's pretty good. Like he's been good. Um, he had a tough game. Uh, he, his last game he played, he didn't play in this one because of an Achilles injury. His last game he played, he, he did struggle admittedly. Like he wasn't, he, he wasn't that good. And the Warriors, um, just just dared him to beat them and he he wasn't able to do it with the jump shot and then I thought he made some some poor offensive decisions but but he he has shown when the roster made a little more sense when he was playing with Josh Hart and Anthony Simons and Nurk on the court that he could be helpful like I I think you he's a keeper he's my probably keeper because I think he's good enough to play uh, it's just, if you're thinking of like high level basketball, does he fit the bill? And I feel the same way about Trent Watford too. Like I think as a backup four with his ability to handle the ball, his passing ability, his defensive IQ, like he just, he really knows where to be. I think he can be really helpful. I think both of those guys are regular season guys. Like you could absolutely win games with those two gentlemen in your rotation during the regular season. It's just, if you're, if you're projecting out, like the Blazers are pretty good and what they need is to like upgrades at the forward spots are justice Winslow and Trent and Watford enough upgrades at the forward spots that you feel comfortable going forward. Or is it more of the same where it's flawed fours? And I kind of think they're in that flawed fours category. Um, Justice is really positionless. Like he's a two through five, definitely two through four. Um, but it's like, it's, these are probably players. I like, I like their skill sets. I like their game. But if you're thinking about what this roster needs is like non-shooting fours who aren't elite defenders, does that check the box? And to me, probably not at the highest level, but like in games in November and December and January, almost certainly, yes, you're a better team with those players. And the real answer to this question is if you let these guys go and, and you can't because Winslow's under contract for $4 million and you just signed Trenton Watford to a, to a multi-year deal that's guaranteed next season. Like you can't let them go. You're not going to cut them, but like in the hypothetical where you do cut them, could you find upgrades? And I'm not sure you could. And so then they're keepers like that. You're keepers, the developmental minutes, the behind behind those guys, you could probably cut those loose and find like immediate upgrades. You couldn't find the upside, but you could find like immediately better players. I'm not sure you could find an immediately better player just off the scrap heap. That's better than justice Winslow. You could find a different skill set, but I think overall talent, you may not get an upgrade over Winslow. And I think that there's a there's reason to believe that he fits um, the sort of high motor defensive intensity that Billup seems to prefer on his rosters. And you'll figure out the offense later. And maybe you figure out the offense because you have Damon Ant and they're just so darn good that it doesn't matter. You put a good pick and roll partner there with Yusuf Nurkic, you've got yourself something. So those are the Blazers 
keepers. I think that you that you realistically have seven keepers on the roster. Dame, Ant, Nas, Nurk, Hart, Justice Winslow, and Trenton Watford. And then you fill out the back half of these with these upside guys like Keon Johnson and Greg Brown. That's nine. If you throw DD in there, that's 10. You have five more roster spots. And that's the challenge. And we're going to talk about this going forward. It's kind of like, how do you fill out the roster? If you think that's 10, 10 guys you keep, you know, these are, uh, you know, eight of these gentlemen are under uh, under contract. You sign the other two in Ant and Nurk. You keep it moving and you, how do you maximize those five roster spots? We're going to talk about that a bunch into the future as we look ahead and keep it moving, but the Blazers play some more basketball games. So we're not going to, we're not going to jump ahead immediately to the off season, but I think this is a good sort of primer of how many keepers are on the roster right now. And so when you're watching these final 21 games, you think like, okay, Let's, what do we want to see from, from Trenton Watford? What do we want to see from Justice Winslow? What do we want to see from Keon and Greg? Uh, like, because if these players are part of the plan, what do we, what can we, how can we watch them grow? How can we watch them improve, improve to, you know, to get a clear picture of what that plan will be and how they fit in it. That's going to do it for today's show. In tomorrow's show, we're going to talk a whole bunch about Damian Lillard. I got a whole plan out. We're going to talk about Dame's strengths. We're going to talk about Dame's weaknesses. We're going to talk about Dame's present and future with the franchise. Like I said, there's a lot of Damian Lillard in the zeitgeist. So let's just put it all on the table. Dame's really good, but he's not perfect. And how do you build the best team with Dame's imperfections? That's what tomorrow's show will be. So make sure you come back for that one. We will have a recap of the Suns game. We're going to have Jason Quick join us later this week. Probably have Jamie Hudson join us too. That's a couple interviews. That's a Dame show. That's a game recap. It's a whole bunch of fun. Five days a week, free wherever you get podcasts on all platforms every single weekday. Tell your friends, come back and join us. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.